This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Great to be back with you, everybody. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back inside Studio B here at the Osher Sports Performance Center. I'm Sean Kelly. This is the Wednesday edition of the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Uh, happy Hanukkah, by the way, as we begin that time of year uh, here today, or last night, I guess, is when we really started. Yes, but today is the first full day. So to those celebrating, we wish you a very blessed season. And, of course, we're back into a new week with the New Orleans Saints after the uh, – the mini-buy, as they call it. Saints, you're up today, back on the practice field, full go for the Jets game on Sunday. And, of course, the Pelicans are home tonight in between road games as they welcome in the Milwaukee Bucks. We've got a great show for you today. Two fantastic interviews. Obviously, it's Wednesday, so that means David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans. He uh, has a lot of insight today on this uh, very difficult stretch for the Pelicans. And we're hoping, it sounds like good news for Anthony Davis, uh, with regards to tonight's game, if you're going to the ball game, And then on the Saints side, we'll take a real close look at the Saints and Jets and how they match up with one another with one of the great analysts on television right now. That's Rich Gannon from the NFL on CBS. Rich makes his, I think, his black and blue report debut today. So we'll visit with him. Rich is uh, on the call Sunday for CBS with Kevin Harlan. So should be an entertaining broadcast. I think it's going to be a very good game on Sunday, and uh, obviously we'll have new, more news about the Saints as we progress through this week at NewOrleansSaints.com. So with that being said, I want to take a quick break and then get right to our two guests today. That's the that's the focus of our podcast. Uh, David Wesley, Pelicans, Bucks, and uh, up next, Rich Gannon from the NFL on CBS to get our football week really off to a great start. Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to do it big with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack presented by Loft 18. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets, four beers, and a $20 gift certificate to Loft 18, your ultimate indoor golfing experience, all for as low as $50. Do it big with the next Guys Night Out six-pack presented by Loft 18 on Wednesday, December 13th against the Milwaukee Bucks. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackey, Seven Wall Soldier, Drew Brees' disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Still to come, David Wesley will talk Pelicans and Bucks for that game tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Up first, though, former NFL quarterback, now analyst for CBS, it's Rich Gannon, who will be on the broadcast on Sunday as the Saints welcome in the New York Jets. Rich will be with our good friend, Kevin Harlan. Rich, I think your first time with us on this podcast, we really appreciate it. We've been uh, eagerly um, awaiting a chance to get to talk to you as, as you don't have our side of the ledger all that often. No, we really don't, Sean, but we get a chance to watch you uh, a lot and uh, obviously with great interest. And 
but we're looking forward to it. Uh, it's been a couple of years since our crew has been down in New Orleans and uh, always enjoy visiting with Coach Payton. It's a terrific job and, and so many of the players and coordinators. And so uh, we're looking forward to being out there at practice on Friday. No doubt. Hey, Rich, when you come to practice, A, what are you going to wa- watch for? And then B, when you get to production meeting time, is there a burning question that you have for the Saints? Well, we go to practice on Friday. Uh, I'm first looking for availability. I'm going to see who's practicing, who's not. Look at the injury situation, uh, how that could impact lineups on Sunday. Uh, then I look at, you know, I look at the scheme. You know, I'm watching certain situational football. I'm watching the red zone. What type of plays are they running down in that that part of the field? And the reason I'm so uh, curious about that is because when I see it live in the game on Sunday, I can quickly reflect back to seeing it in practice and I can telestrate it or draw it or, 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 you know, it helps me analyze it better. I can anticipate things happening. In other words, when I see different players, um, you know, dispersed in different formations, if I saw a play like a double reverse or a flea flicker or some gadget play, I can recognize it and, and try and get out in front of it a little bit. But, um, but we got to be, we got to also be careful. You know, if we saw if we see something and then we say, oh, we saw that in practice on Friday and they had a flea flicker off it and they hadn't run it yet, you know what I mean? Yeah. you got to be careful about what you say. So I'm also looking at defensively um, types of fronts and coverages and, and what type of pressures they're bringing um, and just trying to, in my mind, play the game as, you know, what, what are the Jets looking for? What are the Jets anticipating and vice versa? What are the, what, you know, what are the Saints going to do to – to slow down the Jets' rushing attack or how are they going to try and attack a secondary that's give up a lot of big plays. So I'm always looking for, for those matchups as well. You, you are uniquely qualified to answer this question. Drew Brees has not had to basically win games all by himself, as maybe he's had to try to do in recent seasons. So uh, we're watching a little bit of a different Drew Brees down here in New Orleans right now. Um, what's that like for a quarterback to make that adjustment, and how has Drew done it so far this year? Well, I think the adjustment is relatively easy, easy for a guy like Drew Brees, who's been in the same system almost his entire career. And I think it's a luxury to be able to have it. I mean, I think it's a lot harder to go the other way, to be able to have to carry a team on your back, have to go out and score 35 points each week to be competitive. I mean, I think the two biggest changes that I've seen from this team this year is their ability to run the football with, with Ingram and uh, Alvin Kamara, and that's that's significant. And then I think they're, they've been a much better defense. I mean, for you know, for the last four or five years, it's been hard to watch. You know, this year they're a lot better. I love a lot of the young players in the secondary. Lattimore is a guy that really gets my attention. Um, I think they're better up front. I think they've done a better job. They're still not completely there yet, but they've done a better job uh, with their with their run fits. And I just think overall, um, you know, they're, they're a much more balanced team. They're playing some complimentary football, and I think that's a big reason why they're 9-4. and four. How big of a storyline is Kamara this week in his availability, Rich? It's huge. You know, I watched the game against the Falcons, and, of course, once he went out, it, it really it not only compromised, but it also changed, I think, the way they were, were going to try and approach things. And I think, you know, you look at uh, when he's in there, how that helps. Ingram, how it helps the passing game, how it helps you know the entire offense. And when he's not in there, I mean, it was a, it's, it's, I mean, he's such a dynamic playmaker, and he complements Ingram so well. So not having him is, is significant. I, I'm anticipating he's going to play this week. I think playing, having played on Thursday, certainly helps give him a little extra time uh, to recover and uh, hopefully feel better and, and to be able to play and uh, uh, on Sunday because we're, we're certainly looking forward to him. Yeah. 
Rich Cannon with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, Rich, where does the conversation start regarding the New York Jets? Well, they're, I would say this. They're, they're a dangerous team. They're 5-8, and eight, but they play hard. Um, they're not going to roll over for anybody. I think they take on the personality of their head coach. Uh, and, you know, you're going to get their best effort. There's no question about that. I think the biggest change this week is obviously the quarterback situation. Josh McCown was really playing well. Um, and he's a veteran quarterback that's been through a lot of fires, and he's not going to panic, and he's accurate. And But things change, I think, significantly with Bryce Petty. He just doesn't have the experience, not very accurate. He's got some issues with his feet, and they're going to have to really help him. I mean, they're going to have to run the ball and lean on the running game a lot more. They have to play great defense. They have to create some scoring opportunities with their defense or the kicking game to be able to create a couple extra possessions. And the worry that I have is that, you know, we, we, we never want to blow out. I know it sounds crazy, but we don't, you know, we want to keep our audience. Yeah. And yeah, I think I feel pretty strongly the Saints should win this game. But um, this is one of those games. I remember when I competed against Drew Brees, when I competed against Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, I always felt like it was blow for blow. I felt like if you kick the ball to them, there's a good chance Drew Brees will come away with a touchdown in the first possession. If you get a possession, you don't score and you kick the ball back to them, he'll get another score. And, and that's kind of how it goes in your mind, I think, as a quarterback when you compete against Sean Payton and Drew Brees. You have to match them score for score. And if the, Saint, if the Jets fall behind early to the Saints in that environment with an inexperienced quarterback, it could get ugly. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think Saints fans will love to hear you say that, <laughs> um, obviously. And it could very well be the case on, on on Sunday, Rich. I think you're you're dead on, and that's based on that experience that you spoke of. Hey, uh, real quick, before I ask you about the greater playoff picture here, I do want to ask you about Jamal Adams. How much have you been able to watch him, and, and what are your impressions of him? You know, obviously he's an LSU guy, and so there's a lot of Tiger fans here that, you know, follow these guys in the league, and the Jets are a long way away from us, you know, throughout the season. I think this is our third Jets game, so I've, I've watched this about every game uh, or either called, you know, a couple of games. We, we did them week one. I think we did them again in, in the middle of the season. Um, so I'm very familiar with his body of work. He's extremely impressive. He and Marcus May have been day one stars. I think that tells you all you need to know about them. Smart guys. Um, Jamal Adams, tough, physical, shows up and runs support, can play at all three levels of the defense. Um, he, he seems to have gotten better playing in the middle of the field. Um but he is a, he's a guy that wants to be where the action is, down around the line of scrimmage. Great blitzer, terrific tackler. Um, you know, he's, he's, I think he's a guy that can run with the tight end and, and the backs. And he's – I mean, I, I, I think they hit a home run. I mean, I think when you look at Todd Bowles going out and drafting Marcus uh, May and, of course, Jamal Adams with the first pick, they've got two safeties back there that will be there for, for a long time. And these are good players that have already made an immediate impact on that defense. Yeah. Great impression there. Great impression. Hey, let's cater to our audience here a little bit, uh, Rich, and stay on the NFC side of things. The playoff picture, what is your take on things? Obviously, the NFC South is what it is, and then there's the Carson Wentz injury. What, what do you make of what these last three weeks could be like? Well, let's start in the East. I mean, the Eagles obviously have to shift gears, losing Carson Wentz. That's a, a huge blow. 33 touchdowns already this season. So uh, the good news is, is that uh, Nick Foles is a guy that has experience. He's been to a Pro Bowl, um, and I think he'll come in. And he's not the same player, obviously, the Carson Wentz. He doesn't have the ability to extend plays 
I just hope they'll adjust to protect the team a little bit to try and keep him clean. But this is still a good team with a very good defense. You look at the NFC North, I think the Vikings are legitimate. Um, they've got a very good defense, although they stubbed their toe last week against Carolina. Uh, Case Keenum has been a big story. I think he's come in. He's provided a spark for them. He's a uh, he's a, a winner. If the team believes in him, he can be reckless at times with the football, but uh, they're ten and three. And if you get them at home, they're going to be tough to beat. You look at the the West, and I wouldn't give up on the Seahawks. It's amazing to me what Russell Wilson has done. The, the offensive line is not very good. Uh, the defense has had a lot of injuries, and he continues to make them competitive. The Rams have been a great story, obviously. When you look at what happened last year to this year, um, the quarterback is you know 0 and 7 a year ago. They're 9 and 4 this year. Jared Goff has made an amazing turnaround. I think a lot of it has to do with Sean McVay and the job that he has done. So I like those two teams. And of course, look at the NFC South. Carolina's got a great defense. They've got a quarterback that can uh, make some plays, but he's not he's not a great pocket passer. You know, he doesn't have the discipline to sit in there and trust the protection and make good throws down the field. Uh, his feet get him at times. He's lazy with his drops. So, but hey, they're still a nine and four team and, and it's still very dangerous. I just got done watching the, uh, the Saints uh, Panthers game from a couple of weeks ago. So, um, you know, I, I, I still like the Saints in the division, uh, but they've going to have to, if they have a, you know, if they have a, a drop off with their defense, they're, they're going to struggle. The defense has to continue to play well the rest of the way. Rich, if if you were sitting down with a Saints fan right now, what's the team that you that you would tell them that they don't want to see early in the playoff tournament? Oh, I'd probably say someone from their own division. Mm-hmm. If, you know, it gets to be a wild card, and you know, one of those teams jump in, either Atlanta or Carolina. I mean. I just think of that NFC South. It's so, I mean, there's, I don't think there's a lot that separates the three teams, the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons on any given day. So that, that would be a concern. Uh, I would also probably say uh, maybe Philly. I think Philly's got a really good defense, and they could match up pretty well. And I also say the Vikings, because the Vikings have some really good corners. They have, the Vikings have what you need to be a top-five defense. They have pass rushers and cover corners, and that would be – a good matchup to watch uh, the Saints offense against that Vikings defense. Yeah, that would take us all the way back to week one. That would give probably some Saints fans the shivers thinking about that whole thing all over again. <laughs> Rich, uh, I hope yeah, you have a great right. visit to our city and a fun broadcast on Sunday. I really appreciate the time this week. John, you're great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Rich Gannon, the NFL on CBS. He'll be with Kevin Harlan in the booth on Sunday, and uh, hopefully he'll be calling a, a good ball game as, as he had hoped for for the network. We'll be right back. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. What is big? Big is Drew Holiday, red hot from the perimeter and ice at the foul line. Big is DeMarcus Cousins, a 6'11 defensive flamethrower that vaporizes man-on-man coverage. Big is Anthony Davis, a laser-guided missile of athleticism aimed at the rim. 
Come see the Pels do battle against the Brooklyn Nets Wednesday, December 27th at the Smoothie King Center. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We continue on this Wednesday as we do most every Wednesday this time of year with Wesley Wednesday. David, kind enough to join us as he is working his way toward tip-off tonight between the Pelicans and the Milwaukee Bucks. David, Joel Myers, and Jen Hale obviously have the broadcast on Fox Sports New Orleans. A happy first day of Hanukkah to you, David. I know that many of our friends are celebrating the Festival of Light starting today, so I will wish you uh, good wishes and season's greetings as well. That is awesome. Uh, I, I wasn't aware that today was the first day of Hanukkah, but happy Hanukkah to everyone out there that celebrates that and uh, hope to have a wonderful start to uh, the season. Yes, I, I, I'm with you, and, and the weather this morning put me in a further holiday spirit here in New Orleans. Um, hey, Dave. Yes, a little chilly. David, we've played golf together. We've played horse together, darts, ski ball, shuffleboard, you name it. I, I rarely win as in like maybe once or twice ever. Um, but sometimes I do really well. And not that I'm a guy that believes in moral victories, but I do like taking away a decent performance. And that's where I kind of wanted to start with you regarding the Pelicans as they came off of the loss at the first place Houston Rockets uh, the other night. They lost the game shorthanded. And David, again, I don't believe in moral victories, but at the same time, I wasn't, you know, hurt on the bus going to the airplane. I didn't feel like I usually do after a, a loss. What about you? Well, certainly I didn't feel like the Sacramento loss. Or not the – was that the Sacramento – what did we just lose to? Yes, was, Sacramento. The Sacramento loss. Um, and then and then you take into account A.D., Nelson, Cunningham, um, Allen, all out. Uh, and they bring a significant skill set to the game that is very important to the Pelicans. And for that kind of effort to to play against a team like Houston that is as close to, I would say, Golden State as any team in the league, the way they spread the floor, run pick and roll, they have the ultimate score in Harden. Um, Chris Paul gives them this selling kind of set-the-table kind of guy, but makes all the plays. He didn't play well early, but when they needed it, boy, he showed his true colors and and really came through for them. Each one more, Drew Holiday, you know, Cousins didn't finish well, but he, he played hard. He, he gave his effort. Uh, and, and everybody that came on the floor contributed to that effort and – you know, you just want a chance, especially on the road. You just want a chance to win there at the end. And I think they did everything possible to give themselves a chance, and I think they just ran out of steam. But that was a great effort, and I know they don't want moral victories either. I, you know, when I was a player, I don't care about playing well and losing. I wanted to win. So, um, But, you know, from the outside looking in, uh, I was just – you know, I hated it for them. The guys in the locker room um, – Hated it for them that they didn't pull that out. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you. I, I I was totally stunned by what we saw, and it was maybe one of the most fun games I've had in 13 years of doing this. You know, in the NBA, uh, you know, you mentioned David Etwan Moore. 
Uh, just real quick, career high, 36 the other night. David, in his last seven games, he's 25 of 37 from three-point. That's 67.5%. I've been doing this a little while. You've played for a long while. I don't know if I've ever been around a guy that's shooting like that. It's it's pretty impressive. And, and, he, and he's, you know, he's so like laid back, chill kind of. He comes to work every day, easy to root for. And the fact that, you know, everybody other than AD and Cousins started the season not feeling comfortable out there with what was going on. And now all of a sudden to see these guys start shooting the ball like this and each one more shooting the ball um, as, you know, as well as you could possibly do it. Starting role on the bench, coming off the bench, like whatever you ask him, he just goes out there and gets the job done. It's, it's, it's really fun to watch. And it's fun to see this team kind of start finding their way and start finding the rhythm. I mean, Drew Holiday, I mean, his last two have been outstanding. His last five or six have been um, outstanding. Uh, and he picks up the slack when one of the bigs are not on the floor. Drew's last five, 29.2 points per game is your leading scorer on the team. David, is there any doubt left as to whether or not Drew Holiday is a two-guard versus a point guard in this league? I think all those questions have been answered. Uh, when he plays almost, you know, I want to say selfishly, uh, when he gets that narrow vision, go score. Go score, they take that away, then pass. He's at his best. When he tries to create, when he tries to get, um, you know, when he goes in there to pass, that's when he makes the big mistakes, and that's when he gets himself into trouble. So, um, you know, it's nice to see him just play aggressive and just go out there and get it done. And uh, big shot after big shot, he's been doing it and playing well. Love to see it. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I've got this wrestling match in my head right now that I need your help on. And, and Rondo, we can include him on the list of guys trending in the right direction offensively. I mean, you know, triple-doubles last game. Last two, he's, you know, 13, 15, and 7. There's no doubt, I think that you and I discussed this a little bit last week, that the Pelicans certainly are a better offensive team when Rondo's on the floor. The, my problem here, though, David, is that the Pelicans are worse defensively when he's on the floor. Can you help me make heads or tails of that? Well, you have your, your guys that are on-ball defenders, and then you have your guys that are passing lane defenders. Passing lane defenders that gamble, they get steals, and you know sometimes they even end up being on the all-defensive team, but you don't look at them as stoppers. And when you have those guys that gamble, well, you put the rest of the team in harm's way. So now you have, um, you know, guys in the lane, guys attacking the basket, um, draw and dish, fouls happen. Um, so, you know, it, it's something to be said with guys that play position and stay in front of your man and not gamble in passing lanes. Um because it doesn't hurt your defense as much as those guys. Now, you don't get the steals, you don't get the run out, but you think for every gamble you make, how many do you get? 
or for every five gambles you make, how many do you get? You may get one, you may get none. If you go over five gambling in a passing lane, your team is 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 suspect. I mean, your team is is being challenged in the paint or at the three point line because somebody has to help. Now you leave a wide open guy, and and that's the kind of defender, and he's good at it. I mean, he's good at at playing passing lanes. He's got long arms. You see him reach a lot, and he knocks balls away. But when he doesn't, his guy is in the lane. Uh, scoring the basketball or giving it to somebody to score. I don't want to put this all on Rondo. The Pelicans need to be better defensively overall. How do they do it? Oh, that's a good question because first is commitment. First is understanding that you have to do it. Um, and making that individual commitment that I have to get my man stopped. I have to, I have to know the game plan. You know, a lot of times guys aren't necessarily focused on the game plan and when you're in the game and you're supposed to switch and you're supposed to talk and switch and you don't open shot. Um, sometimes teams just like the other night, um, Harden and Capella were running that pick and roll that gave Capella probably seven dunks, lob dunks. Well, Sometimes teams just put you in a difficult situation. So if the wing guy comes in and gets Capella on the lob dunk, his man is open for three. Well, the Pelicans were trying to not give up three-point shots, and therefore the guard doesn't come in. Cousins can't do both, especially the way Harden attacks, and you're sus- you know you're left vulnerable uh, for that lob dunk. So sometimes teams put you in a bad situation, and sometimes it's just commitment from the guys and understanding that we have to get stops and, and knowing how to do that. That helps. Thank you. I appreciate that. David Wesley with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Our Wesley Wednesday lands on the same day that the Pelicans host the Bucks tonight. And, David, with that, this tonight's game kind of ends in, in uh, a, a cool trifecta for me. You know, Philadelphia was here on Sunday. I was very curious about them. Um, we were going to go to – uh, Houston on Monday, and I and I couldn't wait to see what that Rockets attack was all about. And then tonight here with the Bucks, Milwaukee just flat out terrifies me. And so I'm thinking about Attenda Kumbo and Bledsoe and his group under Jason Kidd, those guys coming in here tonight for their lone visit. And out of the three games I just told you about, this is the one that makes me shiver a little bit. Well, they have some good parts, and they're playing well. Um, when you have Attenda Kumbo setting the table, if you will, and scoring the ball the way he is. I, I was surprised when I looked at his numbers that he hadn't had a triple-double because he can do all those things. He's going to draw attention, and that's going to leave people open. Um, you, you have to crowd the paint, long arms, long steps, gets to the basket as fast as anybody I've seen. Um, and when he elevates, don't try him because you will be on a poster. Um, Chris Milton playing himself back into form, uh, scoring well. Then you had Bledsoe, who, you know, we all know in, when he was in Phoenix or anywhere he's been, he's, he's always a tough customer and, and, and plays at a high level, can score it, can pass it. Um, so they have, some, they have some really good pieces, and, and I can go down the line, but this is going to be a difficult task for the Pelicans tonight. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, I'm putting you on the spot here. I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question, but 
Uh, David, if you were doing a pregame interview with Alvin Gentry tonight or this week, what's the biggest question you'd ask him? I'm stealing from you, by the way. Go ahead. Oh. I don't know if I don't know if I would ask him this because it would probably make him mad. <laughs> um, but my my question would would be, and my 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 question anyway is, what is the future of Demarcus Cousins? And do you feel like he makes this team better? And if he does. Do you pay him the max or not? That's for tonight's game. What? <laughs> That's for tonight's game. Well, it's kind of deep and <laughs> wide ranging, don't you think? Yeah, that that's that's that that is pretty deep. Okay. But, you know how 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 does how does Cousins' usage, if Anthony Davis doesn't play, how do you how does he make you better? How do you use him to where his effectiveness? where he can be happy, but yet his effectiveness translates into winning. I think I think that question will have to be asked at some point. Maybe not tonight, but at some point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, not, not really a tonight question. Just, yep. That's the one that's burning my head right now. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good, that's a good walk-off right there, David Wesley, on a Wesley Wednesday. <laughs> Yo. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Okay, sure, sure. 14 and 14, the record right now, David. Let's see how it plays out here the rest of this week. Have a great broadcast tonight, and I appreciate it as always. Thank you very much. Well, as promised, two great conversations today here on the Black and Blue Report. Rich Gannon, we say thank you very much. David Wesley, obviously, as well as we get set for basketball tonight. I'm really, really serious about tonight's game in that this is a dangerous opponent for the Pelicans, but I think this will be a very entertaining game, to say the least, too. It's the last game before Christmas. The Pelicans, after tonight, will be gone on the road for two weeks, back at home finally on December the 27th, as a matter of fact. So uh, I think this is an important moment in time for a team that is 500 overall through the first 28 ball games. We've got a special black and blue report for you on Friday. You'll look for that on Facebook. That's the Facebook Live broadcast We'll talk more about the uh, Pelicans and the Nuggets, which uh, happens Friday night. And, of course, more on the Saints and Jets. Sunday's kickoff is at 12 o'clock Central Time at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. That'll do it for us. Uh, We'll look forward to you uh, on the uh, Facebook Live broadcast on Friday. Otherwise, have a great rest of your week, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you next time on the Black and Blue Report.